Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 186. And this week, we're doing something a little different. Uh, GFOP Tom Knudsen, a uh, longtime guest, longtime pal of the show, and Maiden Utica joins us once again. And we're going to break down every major movie of 2019 and give it a little bit of a hype meter rating. Yes, that's right. I overextended myself every movie from 2019. We tried to hit them all. Um, it was fun. But there's a lot, so get ready for a very movie-centric episode of the show. Uh, also this week, uh, Kevin is back. We're going to break down uh, all sorts of history lessons, uh, a little bit of tech corner, a little bit of politics, all that and more. Uh, as always, folks, we are very happy to have you here. Uticast, episode 186. interview this week with returning GFOP Tom Knudsen. How we, long did you guys go for? Like an hour and five, hour oh, and there you six. Go. I feel like you do about an hour. Not 40 lately. minutes to an hour. I try and keep them to 40-ish, especially yeah. the last few weeks. Uh, well, it's been short. I mean, you've been trying to pull things short because of the holidays. Yeah. Uh, this interview, though, went really long because of a poor pacing choice on my decision, which was uh, TK... Uh, background to this week's uh, episode, as usual, uh, 186, just Kevin and I here today. Mm. Uh, we're taping on a Sunday night, which is an, a new thing. This is new. This is new. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it just yet. It feels weird <laughs> so far. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, so just me and her, uh, Heather is, she was coming back from Old Forge, told her not to worry about it. Enjoy Old Forge. She'll be back yeah. next week. Yeah. Yeah, I would have <laughs> gone to Old Forge. <laughs> Podcast called Old yes. Forge. Nice out there. <laughs> so what happened was uh, me and TK uh, sat down after uh, we did some filming this morning for a short handshake city testimonial we were filming for Made mm-hmm. Utica down at Domenico's. Sure. And then afterwards I said, you'll come back to the house. We'll do an interview. I have this list of like the big movies that are coming out of 2019 because we didn't do an Oscar thing because none of us really watched a lot of the 2018 movies. Right. So I was like, why don't you just come over and we'll we'll do like our hype meter for every movie that's coming out in 2019. Mm. And I <laughs> I think we were about 35 minutes into the interview, uh, and we're going through the list of all the movies, and we had only reached uh, April, I think. And I was uh, like, oh I no, <laughs> I was like, there's so many movies. I see. <laughs> Definitely overextended ourselves a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. Definitely very heavy on uh, the movies that are coming out next year. Uh, so. If you you want to look some of that up, maybe before you special movie episode, special movie episode. Uh, but Kevin, you're here this week. Here I am, uh, as always, steadfast, unshakable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually also rushing through this because we both really are wanna, we rushing. Well, I know that you and I all really want to go watch Sopranos some more. <laughs> been, I could watch some more Sopranos. <laughs> we've been watching Sopranos in celebration of its 20 year uh, anniversary, which was this week. We talked about it last week in the episode. Mm-hmm. 20 we've, years, it's a long time. It is a long time. A lot of weird uh, anniversaries are happening this week. We're not going to talk about it during history lessons, but it's the 50th anniversary of the first Led Zeppelin album this week. Oh, I saw that somewhere. Yeah, and it's also the 20th anniversary of Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again this week. So Less. Less, <laughs> less important. Less. 
but someone would be excited about that. It just it seems a lot of creativity this week. All sides. <laughs> Uh, and then also tonight, I do kind of want to watch the season premiere of True Detective Season 3, which is tonight on HBO. Oh, are you in? You doing Season 3? Yeah, why not? I'll give it a shot. I like Mahershala. Right. Are you not in? On... I, I'm not I'm not, not in. I'm here. TK helped me get in. We talk about that a little bit at the end of the interview. Okay. Because he's a big True Detective fan. I heard, I, I've read some relatively unfavorable reviews thus far. Really? Which is disheartening. <laughs> I've tried to steer clear of any reviews of it so far, but uh, uh, okay. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Um, because it's a long interview, we won't get too much into normal stuff this week, but I have a couple things. I guess we, we should touch on the fact that the government still shut down. Continues to be. (laughs) Continues to no longer function. Uh, it is now the longest, uh, shutdown in U.S. history, which is not really surprising. When I looked up the numbers... Yeah, because you can't just be doing this. (laughs) No, it's not. There's a reason that this is the longest, and people are usually in quite a hurry to fix the problem once it began. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, well, because I looked up, a couple weeks ago, I think when this first started, I was like, I'm going to look up to see what the longest shutdown was. I was generally curious, yeah, yeah. and it was like 21 days, I was like, 21, outside chance. I think when we got to, like, inside chance. <laughs> yeah, inside I, chance. I think when we got to 13 days, I was like, oh, this is, we're going to blow past this. Yeah. Do you want to predict when you think it's going to oh, Because I have no gosh. idea. It does honestly seem like nothing is going to happen. What a time, I don't know. Here's the thing, like this is the first week, either this week or coming into it, where people are going to stop receiving paychecks. Yes. Yeah. And once that Great happens, um, that I mean, that changes the dynamics considerably. But like, yeah, this is a it's a troublesome situation. Yeah, about uh, nearly eight hundred thousand federal workers are affected. Many of them missed their first one this weekend. Uh, another one third will experience a missed paycheck on Monday, and the rest on Tuesday. So yeah. So think about how many of these people have mortgage payments, have rent payments, have student loan payments, have you know health insurance, whatever else it might be. Mm. I mean, you know, for a lot of people, they when you budget, you know how much money you're getting every week, every two weeks, whatever it is. You've got your budget set, and you go towards it. You know what I mean? Whatever savings you have, you don't want to dive into just because they've decided to shut you down. You'd be surprised how many departments this affects, too. Like, uh, It's one of those things yeah. where it's not until you really sit and think about it, you don't realize, like, oh, wow, yeah, I guess that would be included. Oh, I guess that, too. Yeah, that, too. Taxes coming up soon. That's an important one. Let me tell you what. If they, It'll already be a big deal if they stretch out until tax time, but like a lot of people get their refunds in February. If they were yeah. still going and people stopped getting their refunds, I mean, that's stuff that people count on for, you know, large, large purchases in their life. One of my uh, high school students earlier this week, uh, we go to D.C. every year for mm-hmm. uh, for our, like, big 10th grade field mm-hmm. trip for all the Young Scholars kids. And uh, one of my kids came up to me and she goes, are we going to go to D.C. this year for the trip? And I was like, yeah, why not? She's like, well, is everything going to be open? And I was like, I don't think the government's going to be shut down still in June. But I actually did have to go, eh. Well, Probably not going like, to be. I couldn't. For sure, tell her that we were absolutely going a hundred thousand percent. I was like, mm. yeah, ninety nine point nine percent. That there we go, or just the government is shut down forever by then. That would be the other side of the coin. That's the point one percent, I suppose. Uh, one other thing, I, I this came out of my birthday, and I was I thought it was interesting. Um, Michael Cohen uh, set the testify publicly uh, publicly on February seventh, so that should be an interesting. It's popcorn. <laughs> it'll be um, it'll, it'll be interesting because the one thing when he's going to testify publicly, which is one of the things I'm most looking forward to, mm-hmm. the time coming is all these you know testimonies becoming public. There's been a lot of like secrecy and behind closed doors in the last two years, 
with the House of Representatives, it was led by that crook, Nunes. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Devin Nunes, right. he's coming back. An absolutely incompetent <laughs> crook. Um, but so now uh. it's going to be public testimony. You can watch it. But the thing to watch for is they're going to have to be very careful, and there's going to be certain things he's not going to be allowed to answer because they might compromise. Like, he's not going to be able to answer any questions about Russia. Yeah. It's going to be all about the campaign finance violations and other things related to that with Trump. What was the... Here, here's a quick explain it to me like I'm five if you read this today because I've only seen a few things. What's going on with this uh, this Russian asset hashtag that's floating around today for our president? Uh, Well, <laughs> it turns out he's entirely controlled by President Russia and everybody like knew. Um, the, some of the big news that's come, it's been like, there's been a lot of really heavy stuff to drop in the you know, last yeah. two days, three days. But one of the primary things is it's come out that he was under a counterintelligence investigation by the FBI started when he got rid of Comey. Yeah. And like when people, people, a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's been getting investigated the whole time. What's the difference? And what the difference is, is when you've got Robert Mueller, he's investigating whether, you know, he tried to obstruct this thing with, you know, the Russia and the investigation. The counterintelligence is actually the FBI looking and being like, we have to continue to collect this because we have right. this question called in independently of any outside pressure and it's a really really big deal and it's something that we've never seen anything like with any president in the history of this country well i saw the reports coming out that he had a lot more like discussions and meetings with putin than were on the record and, and they were saying that he told his interpreter to destroy the notes which and is, not tell anybody it's such if it wasn't we talk about it all the time if it wasn't the president and this wasn't like a real problem it would be the funniest yeah. thing I, that i've ever seen in my life yeah. just take these notes get rid of them throw them out if, like, yeah, if it was just like a weird like fox cartoon show and not reality this would be i mean sweeping the nation oh, Lord. every week oh, but man. yeah so it's um this is this is past the point now, kind of of being able to say like, oh well, it's oh the biased, you know, these couple people at the FBI are all Comey's biased, or this guy are all liberal media. Um, we're finally cresting the point where it's it's larger than that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of stories where it's finally getting to the point where you can't just in in any way, shape, or form with your eyes open and in good conscience sweep it away as like, oh, it's a biased thing, it's a made up thing. Like we're kinda yeah. passing that point where everybody's starting to wake up and having to confront it whether they like it or not. Oh yeah, it's it's a really I, I, it's funny. I, I didn't expect the sort of quick sort of impact in the way things felt once uh once the Democrats won back the the center or whatever the the when House, the one, the yeah, House, House of Representatives. Yeah. Uh it does feel like something changed. Uh, yeah, it does really certainly. feel like something changed. Since Definitely, then. and, and I, nothing's really happened. It just feels like the narrative mm -hmm. has shifted a little bit. It's a sea change. Yeah. Uh, the other one I saw a little quick tech corner. Let's get away from politics. Tech corner. Tech corner. Uh, one of the things that's shut down right now because of the government shutdown as well is consumer protection websites and also the do not call list. So you're uh, you might see an uptick in your spam phone calls. Great, that's that's what we need. <laughs> well, that was like another one of those things that I didn't think about. But I was like, oh yeah, wow, that's also closed down. Probably. Yeah, there, I, I was reading something on the internet there because they're shutting down you know the food inspections and all that stuff mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah, they're done. Yes, and they I were talking about, they were saying that lettuce, romaine lettuce killed more people than illegal immigrants in this country last year, <laughs> and now you're shutting down the people who inspect the lettuce because of the immigrants. I think we're going to end up in like some sort of feudalistic serfdom type situation soon. Man, it's, I'll tell you what, we laugh and we joke, but it's closer than it's, it's so ever been. Close. That's what they'd like. Uh, this isn't really a tech story, but I just thought it was, it was big news today. Did you see that uh, Amazon's uh, CEO, Jeff Bezos, getting divorced? Yeah, uh, and it 
And because of how rich he is, this isn't even a story about tech. It's just how rich is Jeff Bezos? Because he's getting he's been to, married to his wife since like 1997 or 1998. So they've been married for like 25 years. Uh, yeah, 25 years. Uh, he's worth around 137 billion dollars, which yeah. means she's entitled to about 65 billion of that. Could which, you imagine? Which would mean just by getting divorced, she'd become the richest woman in the world. <laughs> like. Wow. So there you go, kids. There's a story there. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so kids, find a rich man or woman, uh, or someone you think has the potential to be rich in 25 years. Walk in the plank. I tell you what, you really... <laughs> well, because you can't just marry a rich person. you got to, like, marry someone 25 years out. Well, that's and that, that becomes mean? one of the things about it. Is, you know, it's pretty ironclad. It's like, <laughs> hey, look, we were together for 25 years. 25 years. This wasn't years. some, like, little, oh... We got married yeah. after knowing each other for six weeks. Exactly. We were together for like two and a half years, and then we like had some ugly divorce. Like, this is the real deal, and like, it must be wild to have that much money as a, yeah. a free <laughs> divorcee. I just think it's wild to lose half your money and still have like eighty billion dollars. You're like, oh no, <laughs> but still, it's crazy. I thought, part of me, I think I would just be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're I like, don't... yeah, who? I don't think he's, like, whatever about it. <laughs> I'm sure he's not <coughs> totally whatever about it. Uh, the other tech corner is just one thing. I, I talked to you about this last week off the air, and I thought it was interesting. I read a review for the Royal Flex Pie. Have, did I show you this? What? The Royal Flex Pie is... Pie? P-A-I. Flex Pie. P-A. So uh, I assume it's pronounced... It's the world's first foldable phone. It's actually available for retail. It's very expensive. no. Uh, I saw a review for it, and the review was sort of like, it's charmingly terrible. I think was sort of the overwhelming consensus. I, I read a lot about, like, different tech things that are coming out. Big tech guy. Virtual reality uh -huh. and, like, augmented reality and all these cool new phones and all this stuff. I don't... Do you feel like there's some sort of demand for foldable technology? I don't... I didn't... Do you think that that... Remembering that we're no longer the kids, do you think... <laughs> Do you think that that could be marketed towards the students in your classes, effectively? Not in the form that this particular phone was presented, right? It was presented as sort of like an iPad that you could close, and the iPad would become like a phone-sized screen on one side, right? And you could flip the sides of the phone. Yeah. I would be more interested in one that sort of opened up into a book that you... I don't know. A I, book? I don't know. A book that opened up into an iPad? I don't know. I'm not sure. You want a book? I don't that like it. Into an iPad. I don't think that foldability is something I'm desperately craving in my new technology. No. Do you know what I mean? That's all no. I'm saying. Right. What I would like is maybe if it had like holograms, that'd be cooler, right? Like that's something I could see that people would be like, yes, hologram. Yeah, they don't just they have folding technology. They don't have the hologram. No, I know, I know. It's like, oh, I wouldn't just put the hologram. I know. We've had hinges for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hingeable screen. It was easy for us to get a hinge. Uh, in the hologram. <laughs> and then I have two uh, local stories, uh, one wild and one uh, just more proactive. Uh, the wild one, do we want to talk about the Utica murder Yo. suspects? Yo! <laughs> Chopping up old women. Oh, uh, man. Wow. I Super mean... morbid, but like, oh my God. This yeah. does not seem like a story that come out of Utica. Yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty extreme. That's one that they'll be talking about. My goodness. I'm surprised that this hasn't gotten like national coverage. I feel like crazy stories like this get more national coverage than this is getting... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Um, it seemed you would need, I feel like you would need just a little bit, this sounds wild, but just a little more drama. Once maybe I they guess. find a reason, a motive, yeah. a trial, you mm. know what I mean? It feels early. 
Yeah. I was, I was talking about it with someone who would happen. I said, I'm like, you know, we're going to learn a lot more about this as yeah. the time goes on and stuff like that. It was the talk of almost any person I talked to from Utica this week, though. At least somewhere along the line of, like, conversation like, yeah, hey, yeah, you hear yeah. about this thing. I couldn't believe it. It's wild. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It was... And let's do a more positive one to clean up the palette before we get yeah, to this geez. week's interview. Uh, well, I just saw this article that came out today, and I don't think we'll get a chance to talk to him before it happens, but uh, our buddy Andrew Doherty, uh, he's uh, one of the owners of the Kobe company with Jason Kobe. They're having a business relocation event uh, on Friday the 18th to, to shout out their new location on Broad Street. So, oh, nice. So if you want to get down, it's 901 Broad Street. Uh, they're having an event on Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Refreshments, uh, networking, so... They got a new location. Good folks, good friends. I love Doc. Great guy. Just wanted one to shout him out. Yeah, one of my favorite people. Uh, so yeah, check that out if you want to know more about it on Friday. Uh, all right, let's get to this week's sort of off kilter, uh, hour long interview where uh, Maiden Utica's secret uh, visual uh, visual weaponry, uh, the nuclear heavyweight <laughs> Thomas T K Knudsen, uh, joined us this week. We broke down. Every major movie that w- was coming out in 2019, all the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. uh, it, all the horror movies, that new Jason Peele movie, any movies off the top of your head? You're Jordan exci- Peele. Jordan Peele. Any movies off the top of your head you're excited for coming up? Just, uh, yeah, I gotta see the list. You gotta see the list. I'd like to see that Jordan Peele movie. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pet Cemetery. I'm sure I'd like to yep, see. Talked about that a little it, bit. If that comes out, I'm sure I'll watch whatever Avengers thing they put out. If they do one of those, mm-hmm. if not, uh, maybe I'll see a Marvel movie here or there. Probably horror movies. I don't know. Yeah, well, very good. We, talk, we talked about a lot of good stuff, so let's get into this week's uh, very long, uh, very all-encompassing interview with uh, Tom Knudsen back after this. Here in the studios, joined once again by longtime podcasting guest, GFOP, Tom Knudsen. Tommy, good to see you. Good to see you. Glad love to be st- back. Oh, I love your Star Wars sweatshirt that you have, and the retro Star Wars style one that doesn't look like Luke Skywalker at no, all. No, absolutely not. He's got like uh, eight-pack abs, and yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill specifically was like, would yeah. you guys do the poster? I always thought about that. I was just—it's funny. I'm going to go off tangent right off the bat. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Bill Burr was on something talking about being in movies, uh, about how sometimes he has to go into movies, and he's like, "I always go work out before I'm in movies because even if I'm like 100 and like 75, 80 pounds, like I'm still getting people making fun of me." And yeah. he went back to like Ben Stiller in like uh, Meet the Parents. He took like a comedy movie. He took off his shirt. He's got like a six pack, and I was like, "Wow, Ben Stiller! Look at this guy!" Yeah. I feel like if I had to go to a movie, I would definitely like have to go hire a personal trainer. Right, that, like I gotta look good. That, or you go the Christian Bale route and just like gain like sixty. Yeah, just go to McDonald's all day. Uh, you know what? You already jumped my gun. I was gonna talk about Christian Bale, so I want to get into today. What we're gonna do? We are gonna go through the 2019 movies because I have to say I didn't see a ton of 2018 movies this year. For as much as I love films, and you're in my you're my go to film yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I didn't see as many of the movies in 2018 as I would have liked to going into this Oscar season. Me either. Um, I feel like we're we're in this golden age of TV and like true. TV series and you know streaming, and I feel like a lot of that has overtaken. I still try to go to the movies, but I'm I'm so busy and you know it it gets sometimes no, you want to just put on a series, and a lot of these series are you know eight to ten episodes, and so now you're no, it's a hundred percent true. And again, you're like me. You have nieces and nephews. I feel like I only go to the movies now to see kids' movies. And I'm not complaining about it because a lot of kids' movies are yeah. good now. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw Mary Poppins Returns. Pretty good. Yeah. No, I so I got a nephew that's just getting into Spider-Man. Nice. Did you but see I, that? No, I didn't. But I think he... I was like, I wish you were a couple years older. We could go see Into... <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, into the Spider-Verse. I am a 30-year-old man with a mustache. I really can't be going to see like kids' movies by myself. No. This is not a good look for anybody. Yeah. Uh, so there are a few movies up for the Oscars this year. I'll just run through them real quick because I didn't see anything. Did you see A Star Is Born? No. You interested at all? <laughs> no, I am. I am. I'm actually really interested. I was like, when that came out, I thought that had all the elements to win yeah. Best Picture. I, th- I thought it was, it took a chance with like a singer everyone yeah. respects. And I like her. She's good. In it. Uh, Bradley Cooper, I think, is an actor that's coming into his own. Um, so to see him direct is kind of one of those like, yeah, Ben yeah. Affleck things. I, I want to see it for sure. I just missed it. Uh, I'd like to see it. I'd also like to see Roma, which is on Netflix, which I've I've done that thing on Netflix mm-hmm. where I like pass by it and read the, the promo a couple times and then think about whether I'm going to watch it for 20 minutes and then just turn the office on instead. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to watch it at some point in time Same. before these Oscars. I'm kind of not interested in this movie Green Book with Marshall Ali that everyone's talking about. I it it looks safe. Like, it looks like <laughs> yeah. it'd be a good time. Like, it's, you know, it's probably well written. It just looks like one of those, if I catch it... On a rainy Sunday. Know. It feels manipulative to me in a way that, like, those dog movies that come out seem manipulative. Have you seen the trailers for, like, A Dog's Journey? Yes. Right? Like, A yeah. Dog's Way Home. I'm like, that is manipulative. Because <laughs> you know that something's going to die or someone's going to feel bad. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like movies like that take advantage of yeah. the wrong aspect. Yeah. Um, now, I just want to talk quickly about, like, uh, two movies that came out this year that I'm really, I'm really kind of up and down on. One... I really want to go see Vice. I've not gone to see Vice yet. It's been very divisive. Uh, we're going to talk about Christian Bale in a minute. What are your thoughts on on Vice? Have you seen it? Are you interested in it? Um, I didn't see it. I am interested in just because um, it's the same team that did uh, uh, Big Short, the Big Short, yeah. which I thought was fantastic. Um, so I'm definitely interested. I'm a big Christian Bale fan too. Um, yeah, he's great, isn't he? Though I thought you know to play. Dick Cheney, I would kind of, you know, I kind of, Christian Bell, I kind of want to see him play more yeah, different, <laughs> right. like, I don't know, I think it's, it'll be great, but I'm like, Christian Bell, I think could eat up a, an original, get into the mind of a character that doesn't exist, I, I know we're no, all I know fascinated yeah, with him, yeah. like, wow, he looks just like Dick Cheney, and wow, he actually gained the weight, which is his thing, it seems yeah, like yeah. it's become Christian Bell's yeah, thing. Yeah, body transformation. Yeah, but sort, I feel yeah. like he's good enough to take on... More meaty roles yeah. than just play a guy. I mean, I thought, for me, watching that trailer for Vice, uh, the part that really hooked me was my my favorite actor in the world, Sam Rockwell, playing George W. Bush. Are we going to do this thing or what? Yeah, he's like, it's really it's a really subtle, because a lot of times I think people do, like, do Bush as like the Will Ferrell Bush, yeah. like strategery, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, that part was interesting to me. Uh, and the other movie I wanted to talk to, we're going to get back to Vice in a second, but I want to circle around to it. Um was Black Panther. Black Panther, like, the first Marvel movie that's going to be up for, like, an Academy Award. 
Uh, I did go see this in the theaters. I did too. I loved it. I yep. thought it was great. Do you think there's any chance that it wins anything at all at the 2019 Oscars, or are we still at the point where we're not giving comic book movies like uh, their fair due? I don't... I think, if anything, maybe writing. Writing, something or, like that. Or, you know... Set design, something like that. Yeah, sort of... I don't think we're at yet, but no way Best Picture. There's no way it wins Best Picture, or... It didn't... It, it took no favors by coming out so early in the year, because I remember when the movie came out, people were beaming over Michael B. Jordan, and I was like, oh, he might win an Academy Award for playing Killmonger, right? Yeah, and now, yeah. as the year goes on, there's lots of other... Uh, roles that you kind of forget about him, but I thought that movie was awesome. I do think, though, that we have not yet, even though superhero movies and, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has sort of overtaken, like, movies, I don't think we're ready as a culture to be like, let's give Black Panther movie of the year, even though it probably was the movie that more people saw this year than anything else. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think, so, I always think of this wave of superhero and comic book movies, it's like our Western. Like, this is our Mm -hmm. Western, Mm -hmm. our time Western. So I'd have to look back and see... I know there were so many popular westerns and great, you know, actors and even composers and people that came out of that. But I, I don't know what the history is. I'd have to see is how many westerns actually won big awards. Yeah, I mean, there are a few, I feel like, over time. Uh, I'm I, Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, like, in the 90s, didn't, like, Tombstone or Unforgiven or, like, those? That I think Unforgiven, yeah. Unforgiven, but I'm You're thinking, talking about, like, the 50s I'm and thinking 60s? Mo- yeah, yeah, I'm thinking more of that. Something like Shane. <laughs> Do you know I mean? Yeah, you know, the John Wayne, because, like, John Wayne is Captain America. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, like, all these comic book movies are, are it's our generation's Western. Like, huh. this is our... That's a great point. I'm going to yeah. look it up right now. Award-winning Westerns. Uh, I just want to see if there's anything that won, like, Academy. True Grit, I guess that's kind of new, right? Yeah. Um, Dances with Wolves, not really a Western. Yeah, right. You go back to 1939, Stagecoach. And then High Noon, I guess. Okay. So, but I know what you mean, though. Like, there's, it's hard to take it out of the genre, right? Like, people think of Westerns as Westerns. I think horror movies sort of fall in the same category. It's hard for a horror movie to win Best Picture because you don't think of it as the same as, like, some drama or some, uh, you know, some thrill. Horror has a tough, like, hump to get over. That's why I think Get Out didn't win a couple years ago, even though I thought that was an amazing movie. And The Dark Knight made some headway when it came to where... um, Yeah, and that movie... Heath Ledger won. He won Best Supporting Actor. I think that movie still feels like a step above where people see most... For whatever reason, that movie... Maybe it's the the performance um, uh, by uh, Heath Ledger. Maybe it was because it was like the height of when it was so popular. Christopher Nolan was really hot at the time, but... That particular Batman movie seems still like a, a step. People look at it a step higher than even like Avengers or Infinity War or Black Panther or yeah. Thor Ragnarok, which is still like the funniest movie. I yeah, yeah, no, that was great. I, and it, I think it's funny. It's full circle because we're in this like, yeah, these you know you expect now superhero movies, and it's become such a, a thing. Is that I think it's come full circle because you have. Glass coming out next week, oh, which I'm yes. super excited about. Glass. And I remember seeing Unbreakable. Man, that was like late 90s. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was ahead of its time as being this grounded superhero movie because it was him coming off of um, Sixth Sense and everyone, it was marketed really tame and I think people were expecting something different. And yeah. it came off as this very kind of slow burn, grounded mm. superhero movie, which I thought was fantastic mm. and really... 
ballsy at the time, and then it's funny because then you get this wave of yeah. popcorn movies, superhero movies, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to make my sequel. He, <laughs> yeah. he's, he snuck out his sequel to Unbreakable, and now this is like his... I just think... Uh, it's funny because I had this conversation with Parkinson a couple days ago, Justin Parkinson, and made Utica. We were talking just about M. Night Shyamalan and the way that like his sort of uh, career arc has gone, right? This movie's sort of important for him, this movie Glass, right? Because I think Split um, was sort of his comeback in a way that, like, what was before, a lot of people were, like, talking about, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, like, Lady in the Water, and, like, Shyamalan's career was kind of over with. The Happening. The Happening, which is not a good movie. It's I did not, it's, it's I did awful. Not, did not like that movie. It's so it was so bad. I thought <laughs> like I was trying to convince myself. I'm like, is um, the twist that he made it so bad that it's supposed to be like a bad? Yeah, B-movie? I don't know. <laughs> it's I went to a theater <laughs> and within half an hour, I'm like, nah, we've we've made a mistake here. Yeah. Uh, my question, I guess, is this: if and we're gonna get to glass in a little bit, maybe we'll just do it yeah. here and we'll move past it. Um. If that movie ends up not being a hit, and I think people are excited for it. I know a lot of people are excited for it. I'm excited for it. If it ends up not being that good, do we go back to thinking that Shyamalan's no good anymore? Like, is it, is it, does it, do you know what I mean? Like, I think uh, it's a I weird think it, arc. Yeah, it is. He's had a definitely a weird career. A weird career. I don't think it buries him because I think, again, he's already got an Apple show. Yeah, yeah. I think he's in. So I think it'll be one of those. We want to put our foot in the water. I think he's going to be another one of those guys like curiosity with him will always linger. Yeah. That will always be kind of interested to see. We know he has has it in him. Yeah, but is this the what? Did he miss or did he hit? I don't know. I we'll mean, see. I'm, I'm looking forward to. I like all three of the actors enough to where I think I can get mileage out of it. Um, all right, I wanted to talk about this just because we talked a little bit about voice. Talked about Christian Bale. Uh, last year, I want to say it was Daniel Day-Lewis, who I think was considered our greatest actor. Our great, yes. like the consensus, he's our greatest actor on the at least the male side. I think Meryl Streep's still hanging around. In, yeah, yeah. Inside, Daniel Day-Lewis said, "quote unquote," that he's retiring from making movies. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the the word on the street. Phantom Thread was it for him. <clears throat> if Daniel Day-Lewis had been like the world's heavyweight champion actor at the time, like the current champion, yeah. Who's the best actor we have now? Is it Christian Bale? Is Christian Bale the new Daniel Day-Lewis? I think it's Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Personally. Yeah, you, you like Joaquin. I do. I'm a big Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix fan. I think he's just crazy enough like uh, Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis is. I think Daniel Day-Lewis had this little, like, you have to be for an actor. Like, to really craft, you really have to. Yeah. And I think Joaquin Phoenix is just enough out there and not, like, into the Hollywood, let me mold you into a super like. Right, he's let individual. me package you on yeah. onto a poster. He's enough that I think cares about that art and that balance. Because I feel like a guy like DiCaprio is another answer, but DiCaprio I feel like is actually probably on the downside now that he's got his Academy Award. He's put out so many hits. Now he can sort of do more interesting work. I'm actually more interested to see what he does now that he won that Academy Award yeah. for best no, actor. I'm a walk. I think Joaquin Phoenix for me holds that mantle of I. My eyes will be peeled at whatever he throws himself into. It's pretty. I just worry about his marketability. Like if I just think Bale is so good in almost everything I see him in, and there's probably going to be a spot for this sort of character, this sort of like older actor to play certain roles. I don't know. I just see a like if depending on how this Vice thing shakes out, if he gets an award, if he he already won a Golden Globe, if he wins something else for it, like he's won an Oscar for um, the Fighter. Yeah, where he was great. He was again transformed. He looked. Like he looked Bale. like he was. His character did um, 
than crack or meth. And he looked, yeah, he yeah. looked like he lost a bunch of weight. And I was like, he looks sick. He was my favorite part of American Hustle, which is a movie I didn't really like. With the comb over, <laughs> yeah, the comb and, over yeah. scene. It's yeah, like, he <laughs> looks. I'm like, wow, where did he go? And he just becomes the character. Yeah, so. Uh, all right, so very good. Well, let's move on from that. Uh, I want to ask you quickly. We're going to get into some upcoming movies. One of the ones we're going to get into is Captain Marvel. We talked about we, we're big Mar- uh, we're big Marvel fanboys. Uh, we've watched all the Infinity War movies. Let me ask you this question: Super uh, Marvel and Infin- Avengers Four is going to come out in March. I want to say. Yep. After that, we're going to talk about Spider Man later. Is there a concern that if like uh, this Captain Marvel movie with Brie Larson isn't like a hit? That going forward, that this might be sort of the beginning of the end of the Marvel thing. If this, if you start seeing the main actors leave, if Downey Jr. leaves, if Chris Evans leaves, I don't, I don't think it'll be Captain Marvel. If Captain Marvel isn't as good as everyone wants it to, I don't think that'll be it. I yeah. think the real test will be after um, Endgame. Yeah. When you're probably when you're gonna have to pass the mantle off. Are people gonna watch Bucky and? Yeah, yeah. because I mean, there's a lot to say of like. Like, I was praising not just what they were able to do with the films and keep the actors, but the plan. Like, they had a plan in place. Mm-hmm. The overall arc has been phenomenal. Not just the movies, but how everything is able to connect to one another. I mean, they've had... Oh, yeah. It seems like somebody... They've all had this plan they haven't deviated from, and it shows. Like, how the quality yeah. of nothing slipping through the cracks, and you've cared about these characters, and they've mm-hmm. built them in their own separate movies and now when the big stage comes you're invested Mm -hmm. so i think the true test for them will be when finally robert Downey jr is just like yeah i don't think it makes sense for the character anymore for me to continue or chris evans being like listen i want to do some other stuff it's been over a decade Mm. that'll be the true test of like can they keep the writing can they keep the plan and they have enough source material i mean stan lee left enough yeah that's for true and i think it's interesting too that they've it was so. I think it's a testament, really, to how they paced everything out. Because we talk all the time. You look at like a company like DC, and they are spitting out whatever they can to catch up in time. But they were probably almost better off just making individual movies and doing the same thing that Marvel did. Let's just make yeah. it an Aquaman movie. Let's just make a Batman movie, and just all kind of tied together. And now you see almost everybody do it. I think the one that makes me laugh the most for you listeners out there is to look up one called the Dark Universe. Do you remember this? When they tried to make like a new modern the Mummy, Universal right? Monsters yeah. movies with, uh, it was like a Dracula Unleashed movie and then the Mummy with Tom Cruise. And with- again, I liked, they had like Giant Depp as the Invisible Man. Yeah. They had, um, oh, what's his name, was going to play Frankenstein. But I liked the acting. I liked their plan. But the first movie was such a train wreck. That it derailed any momentum. So that's the problem. You have to... I'll show you this video that I, I played for the boys earlier when we're done. And it's about uh, the Venom movie that came out this year with Tom Hardy and how it's made like $800 million. And it's this like surprise hit. And it sort of talks about like one big sort of hit can spawn these things. Like you wonder now if because Venom made so much money if we're going to see like a Venom expanded universe. Or we're going to see like yeah. three Venom movies and like shoot-offs now. Because for whatever reason that hit. I didn't see Venom. Suddenly, I'm interested to see it because I'm like, well, now I'm kind of curious. It's like this yeah. morbid black comedy slash superhero movie. Same with Deadpool. You're getting into the rated R. Like, yeah. hey, you it made a bunch of money. Like, you can make these movies for adults, too. I would like also to see them. They should have done this with The Rock. Because you know how The Rock makes, like, all these movies 
as like the same character. It should have been a rock cinematic universe where he's the same person in like Rampage and also Skyscraper yeah. and well, also like... Yeah, but then you need a role for Kevin Hart, right? Because they don't <laughs> yes. they only do movies together. <laughs> I actually like Jumanji. That was a no, that yeah, was a movie yeah. I saw. Well, I, just say, I get them confused. I'm like uh Chris Rock uh, and Kevin Hart. I'm like, did they have the same agent? It's like a package deal. So I have so many other movies I wanted to talk about, but I want to let's just get into this list because we've already gone okay. 17 minutes and it's longer than I thought, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to some of these movies as okay. we go through the list. So for you folks listening at home, uh, I'm basing this off of a Vox list uh, from just type in Vox movies 2019, uh, and it talks about some of the noteworthy movies that were coming out in 2019. We did this as opposed to a 2018 recap because really I saw and Mary Poppins was pretty good. There's my 2018 yeah. movie recap for you. Um, <laughs> So, and it is going through by month by month. So and mine would be, you, you were re- uh, not really here. Just this oh, really yeah. obscure Joaquin Phoenix film that you'll probably leave your, like, what the hell did I just see? But check it out. <laughs> uh, so let's do, uh, let's start off. We said January 18th uh, of this year, coming up next week, uh, Glass, the completing the trilogy for M. Night Shyamalan, along with Unbreakable and Split, uh, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, James McAvoy, all of these people I like, big fan. Uh, I guess we'll do the star system. How excited are you here? One to four, one to five stars for this movie. Five. So you're really you're. I'm, I'm very excited. Interesting. I was gonna well, say it's been knocked down a peg. I've kind of let reviews slip into my uh, Facebook yeah. feed, I don't but I, I it's hard. It's just so like so. I'm trying to stay away, but I'm really amped because Unbreakable is like I love Unbreakable. It's just like one of my. I just one think, of my favorites. I'm. I would say I'm gonna give it a three and a half, and I think my reasoning is this. I am familiar with the movie Split, although I've never totally sat down to watch. I understand what it's about. I've heard good things. So I feel like I need to watch Split fully and sit down and commit to it before I can give it a real go. I'm I'm almost morbidly curious about this movie. I I want it to be good, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I'm worried. When they show that <laughs> sequence in the trailer where he's like, first name Mr. Last name Glass. I laughed my ass off. I yeah. don't know if I laughed for the right reasons. No, that's fine. I Do you mean, mean? It's like, the same I, thing when he was yeah. in Unbreakable where he's yeah. like, the kids, they called me Mr. Glass. Like, yeah. But that's just kind of his character. But I am, I'm worried more of the people coming off like Avengers yes. that are like, oh, another superhero film. Let's, I'm oh, ready no. to eat it up because they're going to be like, what? There, this almost has an aspect of like a weird, almost horror superhero movie. And weirdly, this is not the only horror slash superhero movie we're going to get to this year. So yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what you think about the next one. But I think there's something here. And I like all these actors. I think you can get a lot of mileage out of these three guys playing off each other. So I, I still think I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and I think it has an opportunity to like say a lot about our culture right now. So yeah. invested in superhero movies. Yes. He yeah. has, I think he might go there. So I'm, I'm really pumped. Uh, so let's move down. There's a couple ones I didn't. Uh, I'm not going to get into. One called the King who uh, Kid who would be King, which is basically a remake of like a kid in King Arthur's court. I don't think that's for me. Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart looks interesting in that. Uh, yeah, and it is the guy who did uh, direct the blo- uh, Attack the Block and Ant Man. The guy who directed it, Joe Cornish. So it probably might be an okay movie for the yeah. kiddos. I don't have an issue with looks it. Looks interesting. Uh, another movie coming out in February is called Arctic. Uh, it won. It premiered at Cannes in. Uh, May 2018, starring uh, Mad Mickelson, who I like in everything I yeah. see him in. He's he's notoriously creepy. I like any movie. This movie, Arctic, is about him surviving alone in the wilderness, which is right in my wheelhouse for any movie. I yeah. like anything. Yeah. You ever watch Survivor Man when you were a kid? 
The no. Who, oh, it was like the dude who used to go out into like places and film himself for like seven days and just like survive. He'd, like, no, I remember seeing Alive as a kid. That movie alive. about Alive, the plane crash. Yeah, yes. With the the soccer team, <laughs> yes. and that messed me up as a oh, kid. Oh man. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I want to talk to you about this one. February eighth. What men want? Uh, they are inverting yeah. the Mel Gibson, the Mel Gibson yeah. classic. What women want? That's what we do now in Hollywood, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, it is B. Henson who I like. I think this is probably a funnier movie and probably less yeah. uh, skeezy. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't make a remake of What Women Want in 2019, yeah. but you can make this movie. Do you think Mel Gibson shows up? Oh, I don't think they're going to be that chill about it. <laughs> I feel like he's not, like, that would be funny, though. I would actually give him credit if he showed up and, like, she read his mind Yeah, or and then it was just, he reading her mind as, like, the universe exploded. Oh, I'd be in... Yeah, I'd, be... <laughs> I'd, I'd give that one... I'll give that one two and a half stars. Yeah, I'll give it two. <laughs> two and a half, two, two stars. Uh, these are kids' movies, so I, I have sort of a... I'm going to base them on how my nieces and nephews, I think, will want to see them. Uh, the first one is February 8th. That's the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Uh, and the other one is February 22nd, How to Train Your Dragon at the Hidden World. Uh, I would say my nieces and nephews are both very excited for both of these movies. I would give them both fours. They both seem yeah. pretty excited. There, there's one, though, that's coming out. I mean, it's coming out this year. We haven't heard anything about it that involves a let the Let It Go. Frozen. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that, too. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to... So, the Lego movie I'm excited about because I saw that in theaters. I think I just went and yeah. saw it with my sister, and I was like, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was. Star, a lot of star potential, yeah, a lot of people yeah. in it. Um, I have to say, I'm kind of surprised that the How to Train Your Dragon franchise continues to be a thing that kids really I'm not familiar with it. I don't think... I haven't seen... This is the third one. Yeah. I, I only know it because my niece and nephew really liked it. It's like, I like Jay Bereshaw, who plays the voice of the main character. He was in um, This is the End. He's like Seth Rogen's little squirrel. I like buddy. the animation style. Yeah. Kind of got like a clay... Yeah. They do a good job with a lot of these animations. Yeah. Now. It's, that's a crazy whole thing, too, how many of these movies are animated now. Um, I'm going to skip past the movie on March 1st, Greta, which uh, stars Chloe Grace Moretz in sort of a Victorian-style horror, just because I don't know much about it. I thought uh, she would. She's disappointed me. Really? I thought she's. Yeah. I thought she would have picked better stuff when she came. I think it's tough when you start off as a kid. Yeah. Gotta, she was also in that. Uh, she's done that a lot Lucy of CK movie that we can't talk about. Yeah, that's true. And she was <laughs> in the Carrie remake. She's done a lot of oh, like. God, that's right. I forgot about the. She Carrie was remake. in the um, uh, Let Me In remake, the Swedish horror remake. She's done a lot of horror remakes. I just. I think she needs. I like her for the most part. Uh, I just don't know if this particular movie makes me any more excited about it than I was before. Yeah. Uh, there's also a movie here called Climax from 2018 that I don't know enough about. To f- it looks like a group of hip-hop dancers <laughs> discover that someone has spiked their sangria with LSD. I actually don't mind that trick. Is, <laughs> is that, that, is that the hangover yeah. <laughs> uh, meets uh, Bring It On? Yeah, if Lars Van Trier directed <laughs> yeah. it, I feel like. I, February and March is such an interesting time for movies because it's typically the dumping ground See, of, like, no, go ahead, go ahead, like yeah, yeah. just shit. Well, it's it's true, but these next two movies are both coming out in March, and these are two of the movies that I'm most invested in for the rest of the year. Uh, March 8th, we talked a little bit about it. Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Sort of the start, I guess, of the next wave of these Marvel universe, almost, right at the end. Yeah, and she's supposed to have a huge part for... Uh, you know, the puzzle piece in Endgame. So um, I love Brie Larson. I just want to say that right now. I think she's super fascinating. Like I like all her like Instagram and Twitter yeah. following. She's really funny. Yeah, she's um, she's a good actress. Her I think the big thing, all the Marvel um, 
basement dwellers were pissed that she doesn't smile enough in the trailers. I guess that was a whole thing on the internet. Grab your uh, your pitchforks. Yeah, that was a big thing. The Reddit tip fedoras. I'm excited. <laughs> the incel kingdoms. Yeah, no, yeah. thank you. Uh, I'll say this. I like her a lot. I've watched both of these trailers for the movie. There's two trailers out for it. I don't know if either of them gets me particularly excited for the movie in any way that I wasn't beforehand. I didn't look at it and go, wow, this looks great. I just like, okay. Yeah. Marvel. I think I'm more just, I, I'm i like, yeah, okay, more. I'm more like, give me Endgame just because of yeah, what, exactly. what left off of Infinity War. So yeah. I think Marvel is just slipping in. Same with like the Ant-Man sequel that they were like, it was fluffy. I'm yeah. more just like, okay, this is like filler to get me to that next chapter of how are we going to take down Thanos. I think it was smart that they did this as like a 90s thing. It's supposed to be set in the 90s, like yep. a period piece. Because you, you can, if nothing else, you can get a lot of like de- design and humor out of like the time period aspect of it that you probably couldn't otherwise. And also keeps it out and of Samuel the... And Samuel has both eyes, so <laughs> maybe we'll find out how he loses See, his eye. I've heard, though, that they Marvel's really well known for like doctoring the trailers. And I read someone yesterday saying that maybe that he does have the eye patch and they're only doctoring it out for the... I don't know. I've heard oh, a lot of weird things. Only nerds like us think about yeah, things like yeah, this. Yeah. Here's a trailer, though, that I watched and I can't stop thinking about. March 15th, the follow-up to Get Out, Jordan Peele... Uh, us starring Lupita Luongo, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, pardon me, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker. Did you watch this trailer? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. It's, it's so. I I was surprised how much <laughs> he um, he showed, but it, I like it because he's creating his own mythos of like horror. Like, oh yeah. I was surprised that he said like, "Hey, this is what it's about." Like doppelgangers. Like here it is. Like here's yeah. the universe. I thought we'd get more of a okay, something scary, home invasion, but we don't know yet, come yeah. find out. But he sets it up really interesting. Like, yeah. And I was telling you before we went on, is he's got like um, Twilight Zone in yeah. his blood. You can just, oh my God. this seems like a, an episode. Like he, and it's just like, he knows. I think if you want to get a good example of what we were talking about with the last movie, Captain Marvel and this one, go watch both their trailers back to back and then just tell me what you thought about how viscerally yeah. each of those trailers made you feel and about the And the song and... This, oh, how they God, that that nineties so uh, R. I got five on it. Yeah, I got five on it. It's he made it terrifying. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm like, I can't it's, listen to that song again. It's, it's easily the best trailer I've seen for any of the movies yeah, that are on this cut. list. Yeah. And it's because of that, it's the movie that I am at the moment probably the most excited for. I'll give it five stars. I'll give Captain Marvel four in terms of my... I've already started forgiving, uh, forgetting whether we're giving these ratings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I'm the most excited about Get Out uh, for sure. Let's stick in March because there's another one. I'm going to try and skip past. I'm going to stay with the big ones because we're already running late. Uh, March 29th, Dumbo, directed by (laughs) Tim Burton, uh, starring Colin Farrell, Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Eva Green, and Alan Arkin. I like all of these people. Yeah, I I think of all this. So another wave is this Disney remaking their animated films, right? Dumbo, Aladdin. We're going to get to Aladdin at some point in time. We're going to get to Lion King. Yeah, so Um, out of all of them, I feel like I'm most interested in Dumbo. It has the most potential to be a different movie. Yeah. It's not a direct, let's make a movie we've already made again, shot for shot. Burton probably wouldn't do it otherwise. And it's a good mix of, like, actual actors and the fantasy characters, where Lion King, I'm like, 
it's just it's just going to be CG. It's just a different animation, right? There's yeah. no humans in Lion King, so it's like you're taking the story, yeah, sort of that jungle book and thing motion we did. capturing, and it's just a different animation style of telling the story. Aladdin could be interesting, but I think a lot of that's going to be like, what do they do with Will Smith? Will Smith and Robin Williams connection. Yeah, that's going to be a. a I've seen the pictures that they. Well, I remember they had like the the brief like people were freaking out because they showed the pictures from the trailer, and it was just. Uh, it's Will Smith. It was Will Smith with no like makeup on. They're like, oh, he's just gonna be himself, and they're like, no, he's gonna be. He blue. takes different forms, I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know. Dumbo, I think it's right. Tim Burton. You know, it seems like he. I like his universe. Yeah. So I, I, he's another one, though. I feel like are we at a point in time where we've seen the best work from Tim Burton? Is his best work behind him? It's a good it's point. It's not a knock. No, I'm it's just, a good I wonder point. if it is right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to stay too long on this one, but there's an Elizabeth Moss movie about 90s uh, girl punk rock group called She Something. Uh, she plays like a punk rock singer in the 90s. movie's called Her Smell. Go watch the trailer. Okay. You might be into it. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I think punk rock stuff is cool, especially that era. I want to jump to April. Uh, Pet Cemetery, The year of Stephen King, yeah, 2019. Every yeah. year is the year of Stephen King. He's got a new... Yeah, he's got another shot in the arm of stuff coming out. I know that I'm a huge mark for this book. I read it a million times when I was a kid. I watched the movie a million times. I'm at like a five. I don't know what your thoughts are about Stephen King, if you're in the same world as I am. It works. What are your thoughts are about Pet Cemetery remake starring John Lithgow <laughs> and Jason Clark? I'm, I'm, I'm like a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I'm... The, the trailer tra- didn't do it for me, honestly. I think it's just the tough um, part with this is again, I I know how it goes. Like I've seen. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're already you're familiar with the end game. Did you like it? I th- I thought it was good. It was good. Yeah. I thought some of the C- uh, CGI was pretty rough, but yeah. I thought I thought the kids were fantastic. Yes. Like they were excellent. Yeah. Okay. So. I think that's the other thing with Pet Cemetery too. Like I ingrained Pet Cemetery is ingrained in my head as a book that I read, but also as a kid I loved um, Fred Fred Wynn, who played the sometimes that is better. He was like yeah. a, a grandpa. He was not Grandpa Muster. Who's a he's the, the John is the John Lithgow, right? Yeah, John Lithgow is playing him, and I feel like it's not the same. I've seen already yeah. the trailer. It, it, I don't know. I, it, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite Stephen King books, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I'll give it a I'll give it a four. Four. I'm not. I'm not total five on because I. Uh, I'm not gonna. I didn't know much about this one, but uh, it does have Tajari P. Henson again, and one of my favorite actors, Sam Rockwell. The best of enemies, based on true events that take place in the 1970s in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Henson plays a civil rights activist. He plays a Ku Klux Klan leader. Uh, I mean, I don't know how good it's gonna be, but yeah. I appreciate that Rockwell sort of thrown himself into like complicated roles over the last few years. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Three Billboards, which was kind of a complicated, like, the racist cop, and now he's playing George W. Bush, and now he's going to play a Ku Klux Klan yeah, member. Like, yeah. really leaning into some, like, interesting work, I suppose, like, edgy work. Uh, and I guess we'll go to uh, Hellboy, another comic book movie they're remaking. You don't seem too psyched. Well, no, I, I love Hellboy. Like, out of all the comics, Hellboy yeah. is, like, one of my favorite comics. It's just, again, I became invested in Ron Perlman in that universe, which... yeah. I know what you mean. It's like I, I'm curious of what they're gonna do with a harder. So they're again, it's a rated R. Yeah, Hellboy, yeah, yeah. and they say they're gonna go darker, and so I'm interested mm-hmm. in that aspect. But I feel like, so we're gonna get maybe a universe that's a little bit more interesting, but I'm not getting that same investment like I was yeah. in Ron Perlman. I like David Harbor. He's, he's yeah. good. He's you know for Stranger Things fame for folks who don't know who he is. Otherwise, he's 
he's the sheriff in that show. He's playing the new thing. I watched the trailer. I thought it was interesting. I don't know. Guillermo del Toro's not involved anymore, right? No. That's a big loss for me in yeah, terms he, of like that. You know, I, he's I great know. at creating the world, and like I would have liked. I'd almost rather see him make a third and round out his yes. trilogy yes. than a straight up reboot. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I wonder if people will be in on this. That's that. I watched the trailer, and I thought the trailer was good, and I was sort of like, yeah, okay. I just don't think this is going to be a hit. I just don't. Yeah. I did nothing about it looks to me and goes like, yeah, I, people are going to love this. It just seems... Yeah, it seems know, more yeah. like a cult classic where the people have already like, hey, we got our, we already have our cult with Del Toro, so... Um, I'm going to skip past The Missing Link, which is a kid's movie starring Hugh Jackman, but it sure... And then Under the Silver Lake, which is the follow-up for the guy who directed It Follows, which I've been told is an excellent film that goes it off It Follows of. is fantastic, and but the pro- Under the Silver Lake's had a lot of issues. This was supposed to come out in 2018. Yeah. And I guess it was, like, shown somewhere, and they're like, no, get back in there and <laughs> re-edit this. <laughs> which is a shame, because I was really interested in the trailer, yeah. and I love, cool. I love noir, yeah. and it seems they have that noir vibe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what this movie's going to end up being. I'm very curious about it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. from what I saw from the It Follows, it, I love the, the look and the... Yeah, he's got a really nice shooting style. Yeah, it's, so... It's both, it's both like, timeless and sort of old school, but it's very sharp and modern and the edges are very tight. It's, it's really nice. I yeah. like the way it looks. I mean, the next movie comes out April 26th. It's Avengers Endgame. We've sort of talked around... Yeah, yeah. Marvel, but I don't know. What are your ex? Do you have any expectations for this movie? Citizen Kane, <laughs> Citizen <laughs> Kane, of Marvel, of comic book movies. <laughs> do you need somebody? Do you need somebody to die in this movie for real? Like one of the yes. Does somebody have to die? Yeah, either I, Tony or there. Yes, I mean there needs to be some serious like passing of the torch. Yeah, I think they need to reshuffle the deck. Like for longevity, they can't just. Be like, okay, he's gonna go retire. I mean, you could possibly do that. I mean, but I think there needs to be stakes, like some actual yeah, um, sacrifices, and then new people yeah. can rise up, and then you'd be like, here, you care about these people for the next ten years. So, and you know, we're we're into this as as like source material as well as the movies. So, I think for guys like you and me, we sort of know what happens at the end of Infinity Wars and where the story's probably kind of yeah, going. Yep. But for, again, for someone who doesn't have the backstory or the years of, like, being a nerd in their corner to, like, understand it, it was probably pretty stressed, like, trying to watch the end of that Avengers movie. Like, wait, this is how we're ending this movie? Yeah, like... This is how it's coming down. Yeah, wow. Uh, Definitely affecting. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited for this. Um, I do think there's a lot of potential for it to not be as good as the last ones and for people to be kind of like, this is what we're doing. I don't know. I really hope they stick the landing and don't, like... I really hope it's not like the end of True Detective, where it's like Tony and Steve walking away like, we're just fighting back against the dark, brother, and then the movie or ends. Or just like, like yeah. we retire, and like, all right, don't call me when the world, you know the world's going to be need saving 10 years, yeah. but don't call me, my phone's off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're going to think like, well, where's Iron Man? Why didn't, yeah. oh, he's really just sitting watching this now? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, they got to they gotta stick it and make it good yeah. and make it watchable. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here, actually. We're getting into May. I really think that this is going to be the surprise yeah. hit of the year. Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, uh, May 12th, starring uh, Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Pikachu. It's so distracting, his it's voice. It's so weird. His voice the, is weird. The look is amazing. It like, looks the, great. The world. And, really but, like, Ryan Reynolds as is, is Pikachu 
is so distracting. It's super weird. I think it's funny, though, that the way they present... It's so meta and so self-aware, which I think is the right move, honestly. Yeah. To make this movie and to make it work, you have to be as self-aware as possible. Yeah. We need to be able to, like, make jokes about the fact that Ryan Reynolds is, like, you know, is, is this character. I don't know. It's... I'm not saying I'm going to go see this. I'm not saying it's going to be a phenomenal movie. It's going to make all the money in the world yeah. because intellectual property is important. I think just by making a live-action Pokemon movie with a big yeah. star, you're basically required to print money for yeah, it. Yeah, like and I hope it's like a phenomenon like the summer, a couple summers ago, Pokemon Go, everyone was outside and, still playing Pokemon. and times were simpler. <laughs> I'm still playing Pokemon Everyone meeting Go. up outside, everyone walking, almost walking into traffic, looking at their phones. Like, those are simpler times. My sister caught me playing Pokemon Go a couple weeks ago on my phone. She's like, why do you play Pokemon Go? And instead of giving her an answer like, I enjoy it, I went... Utica College has a very active Pokemon Go community. She's like, yeah. that's a really good pivot from saying that I like kids' games. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any of the John Wick movies? John Wick yeah, Chapter 3. I've seen them both. <laughs> Did you like them? Yeah, no, they're, they are so self-aware. They're just stupid fun. Like, yeah. Like, Chapter 3, people are very excited. Uh, Ian McShane from Deadwood fame, Halle yeah. Berry. Uh, and then, of course, Lawrence Fishburne, Angelica Houston, and Jason Manzukic also to appear. I think Keanu, you know, Keanu has had a nice little comeback. Yeah. Weirdly, did you read about this movie Mandy, which is like the horror acid movie? That, With like, uh, Cage? The Nicolas Cage? Nice yeah, little comeback for Nicolas Cage. I want to see it. I want to see it. And, uh, and Keanu Reeves these last couple yeah. of years. <laughs> Guys who well, I would not when you Well, when you say yes to everything. Yeah, one, yeah. Broken clock. <laughs> Broken. It's <laughs> right twice a day. Uh, May 24th, Aladdin remake. Um... I gotta say, we talked about Dumbo. We're gonna talk about Lion King. Aladdin is my favorite of the Disney movies from when I was a kid. It's the one I was like right in my wheelhouse for age that I watched all the time. And I weirdly think I'm the most concerned that it's gonna be the worst of the three as well. I really think it has the potential to be kind of a dud. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you? Did you? I, I, yeah, I love Aladdin, and I just Sky Ritchie directing. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm, so weird. It, again, I there's so much. The Robin Williams cloud yeah, is gonna. It's. I don't know if you can get past it. That's gonna be a problem. I, it's very. I I think it's gonna be. It really depends on what Will Smith ends up being as the genie character. It's almost so reliant on what he ends up looking like. Um, I'm going to skip past uh, Ad Astora, which is the uh, next movie from James. I'm Gray. super excited for that. You Are you gonna, you want to talk it? about it? No, go well, ahead. I have nothing. I don't know much about it. It seems like it's got an interstellar type yeah, plot. Yeah. Brad Pitt um, is an astronaut who must travel to the outer reaches of space to find his missing father. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think James Gray. He's another people might not know about, but he's he's made some good stuff. Lost City is he was that was. A couple years ago, yeah, and that was like a surprisingly good movie that yeah. not enough people saw. Yeah, yeah. so um, maybe this will get him more name recognition. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I haven't. Seen, there's been like one picture, so I don't. Yeah. I'm, cur- I'm interested. Uh, I have to say again, this one's primarily for me. May 31st. Uh, I am a huge mark for Godzilla since I was a kid. Uh, the new Godzilla movie, Godzilla King of the Monsters, sequel to the 2014 movie starring Kyle Chandler, Sally Hawkins, Vera Farmiga, and of course Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. I mean, I, I have a hard time objectively deciding whether this is a good trailer or a good movie or not. Yeah. I liked the 2014 one. It was fine. They really wanted to be Jaws. Like, they were really desperately trying to be Jaws. Like, don't show the monster. Let's talk. Let's have the humans carry the story. 
Problem is, none of the humans were very interesting. And they killed off the most interesting they human early. Most, yeah. I think by doubling down on good actors, by getting Kyle Chandler and Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown, you can be like, okay, we're going to try again with better, more interesting actors yeah, yeah. than Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Tyler Johnson. And this movie does seem like it understands that we need to show more of the monsters. This will be a very fun movie. I don't know if it's going to be a good movie. Well, it's supposed to set up, so there's a plan, too, yeah, for yeah. this. So we're... Another- <laughs> Kong is going to get involved. Yeah, another <laughs> another connected universe yeah. of films. Uh, I'm excited for it just because, again, I'm so I'm such a nostalgia freak for all these yeah. Godzilla movies growing up. Uh, I, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope... It's tough when the movie is so reliant on CG. Like, almost every major aspect of the movie is CG. It's like those X-Men movies, the last few of them. It's like, how much of what I'm seeing on screen is actually yeah. acting, right? Uh, Rocket Man, also May 31st... Uh, uh, Dexter Fletcher, who was the guy who replaced Brian Singer on Bohemian Rhapsody, takes the helm of another biopic, <laughs> uh, Rocket Man. Yeah. This time, Elton John, starring uh, Taron Edgerton, who's like a young, upcoming actor. He's yeah. in all sorts of stuff. Did you like Bohemian Rhapsody? Did you see it? I didn't see it. I, it's definitely it's I'm, it's on my top three to see. Yeah, uh, I it's one I missed because we really got like bad reviews, and now it like and then one it, it, it won Golden like Globe. it yeah. like. <laughs> Cleaned up at the Golden Super Globes, weird. which surprised me yeah. because I thought it was going to be A Star Is Born, and then they said Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody cleaned up. So crazy when people just like stuff, man. They, yeah, people like. It's what just they interesting like. when they do biopics when the person's still alive too. Yeah, it's true. Like Elton John's not dead. He's like you could just yeah. ask him to I be think in he's it. Still performing in <laughs> Vegas, and the, yeah. I feel like this is this will be fine. I'm just less interested in Elton John because he's still he's still around. Yeah. Right? Uh, June June seventh. X-Men Dark Phoenix, the 12th, 12th, 12th movie in the X-Men universe. This is the last one I think Sony's going to make before they lose the license to Disney, I think, yeah. right? Uh, Fox, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the last two X-Men movies, I thought all the X-Men movies since um, X-Men First Class have yeah. been kind of crummy. I don't count. Logan, which seems like its own film, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the James Mangold standalone yep. Logan Western. Uh, I, Future I have, Past I liked, but... I liked it, but it was yeah. not a good movie. It, um, Apocalypse did nothing for me. I laughed. Unfortunately, yeah. I, the whole time I laughed. It's not yeah. a good movie. I have zero interest in this movie. I I, yeah, I'm, mine's I'm, probably like a half star. Yeah, half star. Uh, I would rather watch The Secret Life of Pets 2, which comes out on June 7th. Uh, I think the most interesting part about this is that movie was pretty funny, and Patton Oswald is replacing the role of Louis C.K., who is no longer allowed to be in the movie. That's the only real major change I'm seeing. I mean, my, my nieces and nephews. Can I go to June 16th? I don't know if you have any excitement about this movie. They rebooted Men in Black franchise, Men in Black International, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, as the London-based Men in Black, you shaking your head. You don't seem too excited no, about it. No, <laughs> I've again, it's like half a star. <laughs> really, yeah. this one. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'm gonna give this one three stars, and I'll tell you why. I've already seen Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson together in the Thor movie, and I love them together. So I'm gonna give them two stars just on that. I think it's probably like. It's probably been a long enough time where you can reboot this franchise. I'm not saying it's going to be good, yeah, but I'll give it more mileage because of these two characters and these two actors than I would otherwise. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
Uh, Toy Story Four, June twenty first. I'm kind of surprised they're making this movie. I, I am too. I don't. I thought Toy Story Three ended perfectly. Perfect movie. And, won the Academy Award. <laughs> and they don't. And Pixar seem. I. They don't seem like. They seem like the company that is more about their legacy and how they wrap up their story than like yeah. money grabs. So we'll see. Your hope is that they are doing this because they're like, we have another story that works. Let's do it. Not that we have to tell. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I don't know. Again, why? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm skept, skeptically excited. Do you have any excitement about this Ford versus Ferrari movie? James Mangold, Logan, yeah, uh, Christian I, Bale, yeah. Matt Damon as automotive designers Carol Shelby and driver Ken Miles, and uh, basically trying to create a car from scratch that can beat the Ferrari. I like all these actors. Yeah, I like James I think, Mangold. I'm not a car guy necessarily. No, I, I think it's going to be mainly just let the you know the actors do yeah. it for me. And so, um, I think James Mangold after Logan kind of like I'm kind of like in on what he's doing. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yep. Do you have any thoughts about Spider Man Far From Home, which comes out in July 5th? Even though we <laughs> we're not really so, allowed to talk about. It. Yeah. So this is one problem with the I guess the Affinity War kind of deal is that. You see these movies coming out, so you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> Well, I think with, so, they don't even have to really advertise this movie, though, which I thought was weird that they even talk about it. Like, if you said to me, if, if Avengers Infinity War, or Avengers Endgame ends, and then at the end of the movie, they show a trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, do you think less people will go see it than it took them that? Like, you could have no, waited. Yeah, you could have waited. I know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm excited for this movie, despite me saying all that, just because I think Tim Hall, uh, Tom Holland is the best, Peter Parker yeah. is the best Spider-Man that we've had. I think it's going to, lot, lot, speaking of this new age, I think a lot's going to be on Tom Holland's shoulders to oh, yeah. carry it, this new generation of... And that's the thing that we were just talking about out there with Justin, and he was saying, like, what if these guys don't want to do it? Tom Holland is still pretty young. Yeah. He's the one where I could see him be like, yeah, you know, I signed on to this really early on. I don't really want to do it anymore. You know, I think if you're a Spider-Man fan, you're in a good place because I think Spider-Man's going to really take a lot of that burden of, not burden, but, like, a lot of the weight that maybe that Iron Man and Captain America are going to leave. Oh, yeah. And so. I think that he's the character that you can sort of lean on. Is like the, He's such a popular character in, in just And he's been property. mentored yeah. by Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. So nice. Tony Stark's mentored him, so it's kind of, yeah. So I think... We're, uh, we're sort of getting toward the speculative movies here as we get toward the back end, and we've already gone longer than I expected, so I'm going to blast through a couple of these real quick. Uh, we already talked about the other ones. Lion King, July 19th. I think this one will probably make the most money. I think Dumbo will be the most interesting. Aladdin will be slightly disappointing. Lion King will make all the money. Yep. Um, and I'm I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more interested in the voice. Like, what do they yeah. do with the voice actors? Because again, it's it's as far as the story goes. Even seeing the trailer, like somebody cut a yeah. old trailer with the new trailer, and it was it's like exactly the exact the same, same shot. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it's going to be deja vu. So it's more like, oh, cool. That's like. A new vo- or uh, Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. Yeah, yeah John Oliver. Somebody's like Zazu. fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> it's like those things they do in Hollywood where like people go and they get actors to read like old movie yeah, scripts, right? Uh, yeah. So I think that's more the interesting. I just the story. I mean, you can't change this. The, the story is so no. great. So I mean, it's it is still one of the biggest Disney movies of all time. Yeah. It's very well done. It'll still make tons of money. 
The movie I'm more interested in July is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino's... Five stars here. Five stars. <laughs> uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt uh, as uh, actors struggling for transition from TV to movie around the time of the killing and a stunt double. Uh, Margot Robbie is Sharon Tate. Damian Lewis is Steve McQueen. Emile Hirsch is J.C. Ring. I just... So, yeah. A Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movie is like an event. Yeah. Oh, man. Because... Any formula you have, throw it out the window. It's just it's so fresh and unique, and he's he loves oh, films, yeah. and I haven't seen anything yet from this movie. But I, in my mind, I'm hoping it is Sharon Tate gets revenge, like he spins yes. the history like he did with Inglorious Bastards. That'd be amazing. And I feel like Manson is killed, like Sharon Tate. Yeah, it's like a battle against <laughs> Manson and this epic like ridiculousness of I don't know because this is. I just I wonder, I've seen one picture from this. I've seen the one image of De Niro. The of, cast is of ridiculous. Brad Pitt like, and DiCaprio just leaning against like a yeah. pole, and I was like, "Yeah, that's all I need to see." Is just yeah, these two I haven't guys. seen anything from it, but the cast list is out of control, and just you know, with Quentin, it's going to be bonkers. Yeah. Um, let's go into August real quick. We'll blast through it. Fast and Furious spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, starring uh, no. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Jason Statham. I like both these guys, but yeah. I do not care about this. No, movie. I don't because I, plus that isn't even. Where's Vin? Yeah, well, the, he, where's Tretto? Apparently, this movie is the reason that the feud between Vin Diesel and The Rock exists because Vin Diesel is jealous of how popular The Rock is. Okay, well, uh, well we can move past that. <laughs> August second. Have you seen anything about this movie, The New Mutants? Which is, I feel like I've seen this y- like a year ago. Yeah, like they've a, talked about this for a while. Um, it is the other X Men movie, the thirteenth X Men movie. Uh, it's also a horror movie, and it has really interesting cast: uh, the girl from The Witch, Anna Taylor Joy, uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. Uh, a couple other young actors are playing this sort of like. Uh, Young mutants inside of a facility, and it looks really. It the looked, imagery is really cool. So they had a trailer that came out I feel like a long time ago that looked. It looked very dark. Yeah, and it looked like a straight up horror movie. But again, this got delayed and pushed, and I don't know. Again, I don't know the story why. I don't know if it was too dark. Yeah, it was too like too away crazy. from yeah. X Men. But it's got my curiosity. Yeah, I'm very interested in it. It's It just feels very different. I wouldn't have known it was an X-Men movie until I saw the title. Right? Yeah. Like I was confused. Uh, I'm going to skip past Artemis Fowl because I don't know what it is. Uh, Midsummer. I'm also going to skip past, although that was the guy who directed uh, Hereditary, which Kevin told me was one of the scariest movies he saw last Hereditary year. Hereditary was one of my favorite movies of yeah. last year. It was phenomenal. I like Tony Collette and everything. She was, she's, she's so good. She was amazing. Yeah. She was great. Uh, they're doing another Grudge movie, just called Grudge, on August 16th. I, I might just leave that one for Kevin. He knows a lot yeah. more. <laughs> September 4th, uh, I'm sorry, September 6th, It Chapter 2, another movie that's probably in my top three. I'm such a Stephen King mark. I think they did a really good job casting. To get McAvoy and Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain all in the movie to play, like, the the older versions. Yeah. So good. Uh you might know more about this. I just have one for Danny Boyle. He has a new project coming out there. Danny Boyle of Train Spotting, Sunshine. Do you have any thoughts about him? Um, you know, I think he's he's very unique. Like he's technically um, yeah. very creative with the way his movies are cra- like crafted. Like he he's not afraid of like embracing digital or crazy cuts and music. Yeah. Um, Boy, there's a lot of movies left in this list I haven't even gotten to. <laughs> My God, we've gone so long. All right, I'm just going to blast through a couple of these real quick. You, you give me thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. 
Downton Abbey movie. I don't know anything about it. Pardon me, sorry. I know yeah, nothing about yeah, it. No, I think not a clue. I I'm happy for the fans of it. I'm just not. I've never seen one episode or. Uh, Zombieland 2. Yes. Very excited yes. for Zombieland 2. Bill Murray, I hope he's back. Uh, he is going to be back, <laughs> yes. I've heard, as is Dan Aykroyd is supposed to join the cast as well. Okay, maybe they'll write Ghostbusters 3 while they're there. Uh, I'm, I gotta ask you, you already talked about him once. Joaquin Phoenix, October 4th, the standalone Joker DC Universe I, movie. I don't know what to expect. Robert De Niro's in it. I mean... So I, this is different, though, than the Joker... Jared Leto, like this yes. is a no, this is just a don't worry about us. We're just doing our own thing, Joker. It's about his career as like a stand-up comedian, and he's a failed comedian. I know Mark Maron's in it for whatever reason. I don't understand. I'm I so confused by I've, his movies. I'll go see it, Joaquin. Uh, it's just so odd. Uh, and then October 11th, uh, I saw they're rebooting Adam's Family, October 11th, with Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron as uh, Morticia and Gomez Adams. So is this live action or animated? I believe it is live action. Okay. And Chloe Grace Moretz also in this as well, Finn Wolfhart, Nick Kroll, Bette Midler, and Allison Janney. So pretty good. Oh no, I'm sorry. It is indeed animated, because these are all voice Yeah, because I saw the sausage party, people were... Oh wow. So animated, sure doesn't... animated. I'd rather see a live action because they're so unique characters. Yeah, I would and, like to see Oscar Isaac all dressed up in the gear. Yeah, <laughs> I like him, by the way. Are you excited for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers movie? I am. I'm excited for that. I am. Again, Tom Hanks is where a place where he's on this role of playing, like, people. Yeah, I, I wish say, Tom he, Hanks would play a role, again, yeah, play, like, like, roles a, new a little bit more, like, new characters. And he's playing a lot of, bio, like, roles based off people. Lately, but he's a perfect cast for that. Like casting, for I don't this. trust when you make a movie based on a documentary that just came out. Look at Welcome yeah. to Marwin, yep. which is like the biggest bomb of 2018. Steve Carell is probably embarrassed that he did. Yeah, that's based off a documentary that was good as it was. We don't need to do this again. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to make this twice. Uh, I like I like Tom Hanks though. I'm just gonna give you these four. You tell me which one is the most interesting to you. Untitled Terminator reboot November 1st. Charlie's Angel reboot November 1st. Kingsman number three November 8th. Or Sonic the Hedgehog movie, live action, November fifteenth. All, right. All right, so Sonic. I can't believe it. Sonic <laughs> is honestly the most interested to me, it but I, I, Terminator probably is my most interesting. But uh, Sonic is. I, I, so they haven't. All the posters make Sonic look like this creepy, buff, furry, like it's weird. So, horrifying. so, <laughs> so weird. Again, video games and movies is just a yeah. a formula that. Jim Carrey's playing Dr. Robotnik, <laughs> yes. which I think is great casting. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just... And then Ben Schwartz, who is John Ralphio, for you yeah. folks who don't watch uh, I, Parks and Rec. I don't know. It's, again, I think it's not, I, it's not going to break the video game to movie curse. I'll yeah. tell you, I don't, I, if I had to bet money, I'm still holding out. I wish they would make a Mega Man live action film. I think yeah. that, had, if someone could just do that, that has the potential. But Sonic, I think, is going to be like a creepy, furry convention kind of thing i didn't put uh frozen 2 uh that'll be my niece that's my niece like yeah that's gonna be the biggest movie of all the years i mean but again like how many how many songwriters and and musicians do you think they've had in a lab trying to create the sequel to let it go you know they've been i gotta tell you though I saw the mary poppins movie that was the biggest downer for me that movie was really good it was fine it was really well made 
Lin-Manuel Miranda could probably have chilled out on the Cockney just a, like 20%. Yeah. It was really heavy. The songs are not good. Yeah. Just not that good. They're fine. But, like, they're well, like... That- many songs from Mary Poppins that are like in the lexicon yeah he's just not happening and that's going to be the biggest thing yeah. for Frozen too, is not more the I'm sure the story will be fine yeah. it's going to we need to craft this yeah. hit that just stays on the yeah. billboard and radio for <laughs> months like we can't we have to live up to yeah it's super weird it's what good it comes down to for Disney movies like can the song exist yeah, I know rather than the writers are probably like yeah 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 we need the musicians to figure it out and uh, and I'll throw you these last, and these are the ones for December. Uh, untitled Jumanji sequel. I'm excited about it. I liked the last Jumanji movie. It was better than it had any real reason to be. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe that Cats, the musical from Andrew Lloyd Webber, is getting a big screen adaptation. Didn't know that. That's... Oh, yeah. So is that live action? I don't know, but the cat... <laughs> Listen to this cast, though. James Corden, Jennifer Hudson, Taylor Swift, Ian McKellen, Idris Elba, Judy Dench, Rebel Wilson. There's a ton wow. of people in this movie, which is ostensibly a horrible play that is unwatchable. <laughs> I can't stand Just it. the makeup. Like, I know. Who's... It's worth it if they put him in the makeup. Just have yeah. him do the stage show. Like, that would be amazing. And I guess we'll get to it. December 20th, you're wearing the sweatshirt. Star Wars Episode Nine. Is this the, this the last Star Wars of the installment of the main Star Wars plot? I'm telling you, the Skywalker, like, saga... Um, yeah, is this the end? I think for a while, yes. Um, so this movie, I'm, I'm, I'm still pumped to see it. Um, Last Jedi was not just an interesting movie, but it was an interesting like take on fandom and yeah. internet like cri- criticism and like being able to access the director on Twitter. It was like became this whole thing of like I didn't understand. You ruined my childhood, and like it was a whole wave. It's still continuing. Like still... like Ryan Johnson still. He's trying to have a Twitter and this access to, like, hey, now you can feel like you know the artist and communicate with them. Still daily, you ruin Star Wars, you suck, I, I hate you, kill yourself. I respected that movie, though, because that movie almost went out of its way to sort of take the piss out of the, like, yeah. the overstuffed kind of narrative. In, in my like, mind, right? me as a 8-year-old playing with action figures, in my mind, it didn't unravel, like, I see, like, Luke right. as this Master Jedi bringing down ships or epic. Yeah. It took a different... It took risks. I, actually, I need to see it. I think 9 is important because it's the whole picture. Yeah. It's a lot of unfinished stories. I think J.J. Abrams coming back is probably a good idea um, because he'll he had the first The Force Awakens, and I think Last Jedi will be judged a little differently, not just in time, but with the whole picture. I think with Last Jedi, for me, the parts of that movie that were the most interesting, that I was the most invested in, were the parts when they took chances. When Luke is out there saying, like, did you feel the Force? Yeah. Did you feel a good or bad side? Yeah. No. Of course you didn't, because there is no... You mean, like... Like, he was depressed and just, like, I'm a failure, I give up. Yeah, I I thought that was like, That's not my Luke. I need him to save the day. No, I thought that was fascinating i was like wow that's a much more intriguing concept to me of like this guy who was the chosen savior who's sort of questioning the idea of why this even exists in the first place that was much more interesting to me than like let's have this guy be console and he's in he's a nine mark hamill's a nine that's one of the first when they announced the cast they made no secret not to include him they said yeah he's in this yeah so they have a plan to continue with him whether probably as a force goes to 
continue his yeah. mentorship with Ray. Um, Who's great? It's going to have a time. Her. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. It's going to be a time jump. So I think that'll help them yeah. is to let the characters develop mm. off screen yeah. and have. Um, so I'm still pumped. I'm I'm still anytime I can. I'm not taking that for granted being able to see a Star Wars film in theaters. I'll ride the wave. I think they learned a lot from Solo to, hey, let's pump the brakes and not, you know, drown them yeah. with Star Wars. Um, but, yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, TK, we've already gone in a full hour. I want to thank you. We can't, yeah. We made it through that whole list. That was great. Um, I've already, already talked about it. Uh, any books, albums, or shows you're watching or reading, listening to at the moment before I let you go? Um, so I'm going to start a show tonight is nice. True Detective. Oh, yes. Season three. Season three. Um, yeah. yep. I'm a big True Detective fan. Even uh, season, season two? Season two was a letdown. Yeah. But I like what I see at season three. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, I, I'm really looking forward. I like Mahershal Ali a lot. I yeah. like that they went back to sort of the framing structure of the multiple eras like it's going to be set in like the 80s and then the 90s yep. and then currently so I think that's really interesting I think it's it's funny how much press I've seen for this new season of Detective after the second one was kind of like yeah. oh, let's not talk about this ever yeah, again yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought the first season of True Detective was a really interesting show I don't think it holds up the same way when I've gone back and watched it because I kind of hate the characters now yeah. like I, I kind of hate Russ Cole the second time through I'm like you're, you're kind of a jerk <laughs> Uh, TK, uh, thank you again. I want to say, by the way, you're out shooting video today for us for Handshake yep. City, uh, so I don't know when that stuff's going to get released, but thank you again for doing all that great work that you always do. Um, and that's it, man. It's always a pleasure. Looking always. forward to 2019, brother. Yeah, 2019. All right, let's go relax and watch football. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. stayed around to watch a little bit of that atrocious football game that we watched for like an hour after the interview. Mm. Uh, God, I hate the Patriots. I can say that for one more week because they're still going to be in the playoffs after this week's episode. Seems but. like the football's getting close to over. Is it the playoffs now? Yeah, so we're in what's like the divisional round. Okay, so good. good. There, after today, there yeah, will yeah. be four teams left. That's it. Yeah. So we're two, we're three weeks away from the Super Bowl, <laughs> I would guess, because they usually have a week in between for whatever reason to... Mm maximize ad dollars i suppose right like uh i assume that's what it's for Uh, i do have some history lessons this week Uh, i just want to hit you up with two quick um movie related things that we did not talk about during the interview Mm. uh this just came out today i thought it was kind of weird uh aquaman we talked we made fun of the sort of the aquaman movie Aquaman. aquaman it's been a big success uh it's broken the one billion dollar threshold worldwide which is out there in china man it makes it now officially the highest-grossing DC movie of all time, passing the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Aquaman, now the number one DC movie ever. That makes sense. The market's just, I mean, there's more market there for it. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know, I just thought that was weird. And the other one is, uh, apparently, Hustle and Fro, uh, the Hustle and Flow director, uh, Helmer Craig, is going to direct a Coming to America sequel with Eddie Murphy in it. So there oh. you go. 
So I'm. Uh, I thought that was interesting, and that, that was not is on the list. <laughs> I'm kind of in. Man, on Eddie that. Murphy hasn't made anything worthwhile at all in so long. He's not funny anymore. No. He stopped being funny. He chose. He actively chose to no longer do comedy for whatever reason. Like, did you see him when he came back? To that SNL 40th anniversary special. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that was like a weird thing that he did because he felt some type of way about like SNL or whatever. But the movies that he's made, all the, like Norbit and all these <laughs> Meet the Clumps and like all this horrible stuff that he's done, and it's all so bad. The the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, what he just had the poor, poor all around. He had uh, he had Dream Girls, right? That was like he had that one moment. Yeah, in Dream he had that Girls. little side role. I think he was in that movie. I remember those. I can't remember. I think he was in a up. movie where he was like a butler. It was like an indie movie. I'm going to pull Year up Year 2 his... was like very serious. Oh. Um, Mr. Something. Yeah. I'm going to pull up his filmography real quick. I want to take a look. Eddie at Murphy? Real... Yeah. Digging in. I'm going to look up the Eddie Murphy filmography real quick. We always do this or off the air. We might as well now. Uh, so let me just take a look here at what like he got in the works real quick. I'll go from newest to most recent. Right? So he's doing a new Dolomite movie uh, huh. in 2019. Mr. Church. In 2016, yeah, is that, that what you're talking Mr. about? Yeah, it was Mr. Something, Mr. Church. Ooh, yeah, that's really not anything. He was in that movie Tower Heist in 2011. Which I heard was poor. Yeah. That was supposed to be like the comeback, but that guy Brett Ratner is the worst. I yeah, think. total comeback. Something called A Thousand Words in 2012, uh, which I've never heard of. Uh, and then he's got the Shrek, he's got that Shrek money, but really, yeah, nothing. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. He yeah. probably made so much money off Shrek that he's just like, what the Shrek hell do I money. care? Yeah, because he, he made, must have made a ton of Shrek money. You think about that. He's in four Shrek movies from 2010, going all the way back through like way into back like, when they started. Which I mean, yeah, 2001. So that's nine years of Shrek movies. In between that, he's doing Doctor Doolittle movies, Adventures of Pluto, Nash, I Spy, yep. yeah, Daddy Daycare, yep. Haunted Mansion, 2003. That's probably a bad sign, <laughs> right? That's a bad turn, right? Even there. Even before that. Before that, you're getting into like Nutty Professor, Bowfinger, Life. Bowfinger was terrible. Holy Man. Uh, he was in Mulan. He was in Nash was bad. Nutty Professor '96 was a big hit though. Nutty Professor was all right. Vampire. It was like a one trick pony. Vampire in Brooklyn in '95. Uh, do you like any of like his older stuff, like Boomerang or like Forty Eight Hours and Harlem Nights, Coming to America? I like Coming to America. Um, do you like Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, it's not bad. I love 48 Hours. I really like <laughs> Trading Places as well, although those movies are kind of like uh, inappropriate now, I suppose. I, says, I don't know. I didn't... Ooh, who's here? It's <laughs> a great point. Uh, yeah, I guess the down to Harlem Nights, that was a movie. Boomerang, I don't remember that. Yeah, I guess you could say Nutty Professor was like his peak and then also sort of the beginning of kind of an odd period where he stopped doing like edgy comedy movies, I suppose. I don't know. Well, that's it. We got an Eddie Murphy for a little bit. Uh, I do have history lessons. Do you want to blast through them? No, not really. Here well, we are. Here we are. They're all pretty much entertainment based. Um, 1973 on this week, uh, Aloha from Hawaii becomes the most watched broadcast for an individual entertainer. That was Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, his manager at the time announced he would be he would be doing a worldwide satellite broadcast from Hawaii to allow the whole world a chance to see the. Uh, pre- uh, Elvis Presley concert, quote, it was impossible for uh, us to play in every major city all at once. Uh, yeah, no doy. <laughs> it's like kind of a vague concept. Why do Elvis or fans do at the time? Uh, his client's touring schedule, in spite of vast money he was being offered, uh, the manager, Thomas Parker, habitually turned down all sorts of international offers because he was, in fact, an illegal immigrant, and he feared that if he had tried to leave the country, 
he would be exposed and he might never be let back into the country. So that's why he never booked like shows outside of the U.S. for Elvis. And he kept it hidden. Uh, apparently, they had like a lot of disputes later in their career, which like led to uh, a lot of hostility. Makes sense. They seem like unhappy folks. <laughs> um, according to the Elvis Presley Enterprises, so take that with a grain, like a whole big grain of salt. Between one and one point five billion people watched the one-hour broadcast live. I feel like that's a very very padded number. <laughs> Seems... Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially because uh, in 19... Uh, the total population of the countries it would take to add up to over 1 billion didn't exceed the countries it was shown in, yeah. right? So, seems like they're lying. Uh, I don't really care about Elvis all that much. Like, I like a few Elvis tracks. Did you have any real Elvis memories growing up? Any, like... I remember, like, I remember that my, like, older aunt older liked Elvis. Aunt, yeah. You know what I mean? But, no... There's some Elvis songs that are just fine. I respect uh, his place in the narrative of popular culture in the 20th century, but like I don't really, need, I don't need to ever probably listen to Elvis again in my life. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I wonder if does Elvis have like, put, what's the word I'm looking for? Do people like look at him like, yeah, he was a legend? No, he looked like the Beatles and stuff. No, no, not no. really. No, we've moved past that period. He's got a he's a great Wikipedia page read though. Go read Elvis's backstory. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Seems like a weird time to be a musician and entertainer when he was coming up. Uh, in this day, nineteen eighty, uh, Paul McCartney is jailed in Tokyo for ten days on marijuana possession. Uh, this is must must this just be what it was like to be a rock star in the eighties? This is like his quote: "We were about to fly to Japan, and I knew we weren't going to be able to get anything to smoke over there. The stuff was too good to flush down the toilet, so I thought I'd take it with me." <laughs> Which seems like a really cavalier attitude for a dude who had already been arrested in Japan for marijuana possession before. They don't take it. They take it very seriously in Japan, though. Like, drug possession is not the same thing that it is in America. Yeah, I mean, but if you're Paul McCartney, what the hell do you care if you're Paul McCartney? What are they going to do? I don't know, but it's very severe punishment from what I was told. You can understand where Paul would be coming from. If I was Paul McCartney, I probably wouldn't care about, like, what are you just sort of like, I'll do whatever I want to do. Thank you. You know what I mean? Uh, so he was in jail for about 10 days, as they said. Mm. Uh, he did quote as saying in this documentary, uh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to be like a model prisoner. So he's like, I would get up when the lights would go on. I was going to be the first one up. I was going to be the first one to get my room clean. And I would roll up my bed and I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And after 10 days, uh, they felt he had learned his lesson and he was released and deported with no charges filed. So 10 days in prison, you think it's worth it? I feel like it seems like it's not a worthwhile adventure. You can, if you're somebody like, you can really just sort of do it to spite the people, which is what it sounds like he did. Like, yeah, okay, I can do 10 days. Do 10 days standing on my head. What's interesting (laughs) is, upon returning home, he made the decision to break up wings almost immediately, which makes me think he spent those 10 days being like, I don't need these people anymore. (laughs) Probably (laughs) I'm obviously exceeded these people's usefulness to me. Uh, So, coincidentally, on January 15th, 1984, four years to the day, uh, Linda and uh, Paul were again arrested for marijuana possession, this time in Barbados. They were both fined $100 and released. So they did not spend 10 days in a Barbados prison. Uh, On this day in 1984, Madonna uh, sang Holiday on American Bandstand. It was her first number one song we talked a little bit about Elvis earlier, having, like, pistache with the youth. Like, do people still care about Elvis? Do people still care about Madonna? Um, yeah, I mean, 
people in general and like the effect that it has on the culture at large, I feel like Madonna's probably mm-hmm. more relevant at this point. But I feel like because she has been around long enough to like get old and go on mm-hmm. and do some things that are maybe not quite as like good or like vital as they were at the beginning of her career, like a lot of aging rock stars, uh, sometimes you can sort of damage your legacy a little bit. Yeah. So I think some people might look at her as a bit of a joke, but it's hard to overstate like how much, you know, for whether you want to say better or worse how much influence she had on pop music with everybody who came after her. You could argue that from, like, 1984 through 1994 or 5, she was probably the most important female superstar in the world, maybe? Like, the biggest one? Maybe not the most important. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would... Unless there's somebody that I'm not remembering. I she mean, puts I was a out, kid. She got two uh, big giant albums, Like a Virgin, 1984, True Blue. She's in the movie Dick Tracy in 1990. She's in A League of Their Own in 1992. She's in Evita in 1996. Mm. Uh, she does that song Ray of Light, or that album Ray of Light in 1998, which was, like, a big album. Uh, she sold more than 300 million records worldwide. She is the best-selling female recording artist of all time, according to the Guinness World Records. Uh, and the Record Industry Association of America listed her as the second highest certified female artist in the U.S. with 64.5 million uh, album units sold. So, Who's number one? Does not say. Did not say in the list. You I should have like looked it, it up. You'd like it to say. You would like him to tell you. Uh, on this day, 1993, David Letterman announced his show is moving from NBC to CBS. I feel like every time we get to this year, I always talk about this moment happening. And then as we're reading through the notes, I feel like I don't care anymore and I want to move past it. Makes sense. But, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I always thought the Letterman... Weird thing happened a long time ago. I do think the, the, the politics of the way like Carson retired and how they replaced him is an interesting story, though. Mm. I just don't think that I'm the guy to tell it. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting story, but I don't know if it's like a large story. It's more uh, of an anecdote as time goes on. It's true. <laughs> seen a lot of stuff happen since then. <laughs> <laughs> on this day, 2009... Uh, Chelsea Sully Sullenberger landed U.S. airline flight uh, 1549 on the Hudson River shortly after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport in New York City. Still one of the more successful flights out of LaGuardia in hindsight. Um, you know, we've talked about this before in the past. Uh, I never really saw the movie with Tom Hanks or anything. But it's great. I bet, I bet it's good. I thought this was an interesting fact that I saw in here, though. So each person who survived the, the, the crash, obviously, which is everyone who was there, uh, received a letter of apology from the airline. $5,000 in compensation for their lost baggage, and 5000 more if they demanded larger losses, which makes me wonder how many people demanded the larger losses and how many people were like, 5000 That's fine. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a refund of their ticket price. Uh, in May of tw- 2009, they received any belongings that had been recovered. In addition, they reported uh, offers of $10,000 each in return for agreement not to sue U.S. Airways. So, anyone who... So... Could have made some money, I suppose, out of that. It's a good, it's not a bad deal. You gotta have you, a story to tell. So let me ask you this: It's eleven hundred dollars, and you can't sue him afterwards. Is that worth the trauma of going through the airplane crash that you survived? Did you say eleven hundred or eleven thousand? Eleven thousand. That's total of Is everything it worth we talked. Going talk. through the trauma you survive. I guess knowing you, sure. if you know you're surviving, you're surviving. It is. Yeah, it's not worth it if you don't. If know you, you know it's if you're if you know for a fact that you're going to survive, then it's no different than a roller coaster. What if you get hurt? You, you know you're going to survive. Hurt. You don't know. You got to know. <laughs> 
You gotta know. Because here's the thing. If I'm hurt enough, if I'm hurt bad like that, like forever hurt, then I'm not taking no measly $11,000 to give away my right to sue. Do you... uh, Speak with my attorney. Do you know why the plane crashed? Or why it went down? No. Uh, It struck a flock of Canadian geese just northeast. Canadian geese, let me tell you what, are the worst. (laughs) Dangerous, dangerous bird. Yeah. In an effort to prevent similar accidents, officials captured and gassed 1,235 Canadian geese at 17 locations around New York City and coated 1,700 goose eggs with oil to smother the goslings. It was a goose homicide. They killed them all because of the airplanes. It's a pretty dark moment in New York City fucking aerial history. Dark times for the geese. I encourage you to read more about Canadian geese. I'm going to read more about the geese. Before you make up your opinion. Uh, hey, listen, they're terrible animals. You ever go to the Marquee Theater, that one that's up there? He's a terrible... used to work up there. I think it's They'd be up there every day. Terrible. I know you tell me about those geese. I'll tell you about those geese. Uh, let's just knock through a couple quick news stories, and then we'll close it up shop. I want to uh, want to watch some Sopranos and some True Detective, and it's Sunday night. so. All right, uh... Did you see that a children's viral song has hit the Billboard 100? Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's not. It's a rare occurrence, uh, but there is a children's song about baby sharks. It's uh, something about baby sharks, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's uh, number 32 on the top 100 on Billboard charts. It's become a viral sensation. Uh, I want to find the number before I move past it, but it's it's some insane number of views like at 20 million or something nuts just wild just wild what what we're what kind of where we're living in right now. <laughs> viral kid songs making it on the internet uh, i can't find the number do yourself a favor don't look it up and i'll tell you why because when i was looking up this piece i did listen to it and i did get the stupid song stuck in my head i thought about playing it um i just i i, I can't do it it's it's i'm not gonna do it to our listeners out there just be aware that it exists, and if you hear some nonsense about baby sharks, be aware that this is what I'm talking about. I'm not going to subject you to the viral horror. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, they're opening a dog museum in New York City. Do you have any thoughts about dog museum? Love it. <laughs> You're trying to love go it. To- <laughs> 100%. All in. I don't. Know. Who doesn't love a dog? What kind of? What, I'm curious about what constitutes a dog museum. I things I- about dogs. <laughs> just learn to- about dogs throughout history and their importance to the species. Would you prefer that to just a room where you could go hang out with dogs? No. <laughs> no. The room to hang out with the dogs is better. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and then this is the last one. Let's close out on this one. This is a good way to close it out. Uh, I was going to talk about Alex Jones and how he got foisted this week for all his nonsense, but that seems like a longer discussion. It does. And, uh, but that's a good one. Look that one up this week, folks. He got what he deserved. Uh, all right, and then uh, Woodstock 2019. Do you see this? The 50th anniversary festival of Woodstock is going to be... I've been be, hearing a lot of rumblings. Yeah, it's going to be held at Watkins Glen in New York. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Watkins. Jeez. Yeah, Watkins Glen. Yikes. <laughs> Three-day festival, uh, 80 miles outside of Syracuse, August 16th, 17th, and 18th of 2019. The tickets will go on sale in February. No prices have been announced. Performers have not been named. Uh, over 40 artists have already booked for the three stages. The full lineup will be announced next month. It's going to be an eclectic bill. It'll be hip-hop, rock, some pop, and some legacy bands. Uh, I don't know. Any sort of thoughts about what you'd like to see at Woodstock 50th anniversary, if you're interested at all? I'm definitely interested. I mean, yeah. it would be, you know, if I'm understanding and remembering Watkins Glen correctly, it's going to be tough, again, to do it for three days on pavement. 
Mm. Uh, I thought they learned that last time around, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, yeah, it all, it all depends on the lineup. Uh, so these are some of the rumored artists, so I'll just pop off a couple here at you. These are from people I've heard. Uh, Daft Punk. Be very excited Yo, about that. Yeah. I'd be in on Daft Punk. See, if it's that's, I, I, I'm waiting to see what their lineup is like, because if they're booking like that, yeah. then you have my attention. Yeah, these are just art. Again, this is from the Google article I read on Syracuse.com. So if you're looking for where I got these names from, this is through mm-hmm. my sourcing. Bruce Springsteen. Sure. Mm-hmm. Eminem. Nah, not nah. for me. Ariana Grande. People like it. Coldplay. Yeah, I, I mean, I would see Coldplay. Fish. People like it. The Weeknd. People like it a lot. Elton John. Yeah, sure. Be, you, you check out Elton. Bon Jovi. I mean, as long as he plays, what, the two songs? The two and a half songs? <laughs> Pearl Jam. Yo. Come on. <laughs> Pink Floyd. Come on. Oh, sorry, not Pink Floyd. Pink. Let's talk more about Pearl Jam. Just Pink. Pearl Jam would be amazing. <laughs> uh, I would love to see Pearl Jam. at. Uh, that would make sense, actually, because they do have sort of that kind of classic Rocky sort of vibe that would make him seem sort of like a legacy type band for yeah, something like Yeah, I feel like, like they wouldn't yeah. play something like that ever since that Roskilde thing happened. They don't even mm. play. They have yeah, all seated room at all their shows. I don't think they're doing a festival on the pavement. Uh, Foo Fighters. People, People like them. People love them, yeah. Uh, Pink. Yeah, Sant- as a person. <laughs> Santana. That would make sense. He, yeah, he played the first one. Yeah. You can't, what are you going to say? You got it. Yeah, 100%. All the way in on Santana. I forgot. Uh, Zach Brown Band, Mumford & Sons, Chainsmokers. Any of those All things you. that people like. Out of the three of those, it's wild. I think I'd want to see Mumford & Sons the most. Of those three. I guess Chainsmokers would be all right. Chainsmokers. You're just, you're just out there dancing. I mean, it's not... So, uh, estimated 400,000 people attended the Woodstock Music and Arts Festival in 1969. Although I've heard that number is, again, grossly exaggerated. Um, hmm. Uh, back then it was Richie Havens, Jefferson Airplane, The Who, Joan Baez, Jimi Hendrix, Arlo Guthrie, Santana, Joe Cocker, Grateful Dead, and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So there you go. I actually remember more of the 94, 99 ones, because that was more of our era. I 94 suppose. one was, the 99 one was heavily our area, era, and they put out, like, the album. We were, like, of age. Yeah. 94, we were children. 94 is had a pretty underrated lineup. Yeah, they have a little bit of that in here. 94 was like Nine Inch Nails and Sheryl Crow and Metallica and Cypress Hill and the Chili Peppers. Uh, and then 99 was the one with all the riots and wild nonsense at the end. 99 uh, was a weird time because it was all like Corn and Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and Rage Against yo, the Machine. It was kind of a not great time for music in general, I feel like. I, I mean, it's I an interesting time. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. Anything else you want to talk about before we head out this week? Uh, no. <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> no. Settlers of Catan, you want to play it before what we... What is some of this weird, like, nerd board game? Oh, yeah. for Yeah, for, you made it this far in the episode. Uh, I got this gift from my sister. It's a board game called Catan, or Settlers of Catan, uh, that apparently my sister and brother-in-law play in Chicago that I was unaware of. Uh, but they said it's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of people who've seen it were like, hey, Settlers of Catan. So, you know, maybe it's got some sort of thing. I'm going to give it a go. We'll see what's up. So, at me about Settlers of Catan, good listeners, at SF Doom. Uh, follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow Heather at Heather Waz. We'll be back next week. Uh, or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Uh, that's it. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, my birthday was fine. I still have a mustache. It's, uh, yeah. We'll be back next week. Booyah. <laughs>